are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Thanks for listening to Locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the venerable John Schuster. Bruno in here chilling. Bruno just got some good news. Bruno will probably be eating here shortly. All right. Arizona Wildcats basketball last night unleashed a beatdown for the ages against a very good USC team. John Schuster, the thing that I was most surprised about is that USC is a very good basketball team, mm-hmm. especially defensively. Arizona looked like they could score every time down the court, and it didn't matter what. Oh, you want a dunk? All right, well, here's a dunk. You want a three, a wide-open three? Here's a three. What else do you want? Boom. It was that easy. Yeah, whatever it was that USC was trying to do defensively, which has been effective all year long, largely because of the athleticism and length that that team has, just wasn't going to happen. There was uh, all kinds of uh, what, whatever it was that they were going to try just wasn't going to work, and, and, and it was just one of those nights where they were up against a barrage of dominance in what can be described in any of a number of ways, but included in those ways is the bear down beatdown. And, and, and SC's good, and SC I think is going to be a problem in the tournament, and they just got completely outclassed. Hey, it's one of those, you know, two days earlier, Arizona in the second half couldn't figure out what Colorado right. wanted to do either. Right. You know, so there's a lot of fluctuation in college basketball, but the way that Arizona bounced back after losing two days earlier was impressive. And they played with confidence. They played with fun. They knew what it, how they could attack USC, i.e. any bleeping way they wanted. And uh, obviously the results spoke for themselves in a first half that was as good as we've seen Arizona play this year. Arizona basketball never, and this isn't to beat up Sean Miller, although it is, um, Arizona basketball never had a game like that under Sean Miller. Let me make a suggestion there. Do you think the second half of the Duke game with Derek Williams was in that category? That was a little different to me because they just started making threes left and right. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. That's 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 a fair that's a fair point though. This was a little bit different to me though. This was a that was you were just making a ton of threes and they had the best player on the court and you couldn't really do anything about it. This was just a we can't keep up with you. I mean, you were just how many times down the court did Arizona get wide open dunks? Did or wide open dunks? How many times did Arizona basically just get whatever they want. I mean, they really... That's the thing. They scored, what, 30 points in the first half on the inside. Right, exactly. And when you get looks like that... They have a very fascinating stat. Did you know that Arizona this year is shooting 57% from the field on twos? That doesn't surprise me at all. That, that's a, that, that's a that's really high number. It is. It is. And this is one of the discussions that I think separately is kind of, separately from last night's performance, uh, which was obviously excellent when it mattered in the first half. This is, this, is, this is a very anti-analytics, analytics approach that has worked for Gonzaga and is working for Arizona. So. Over the course of the last two years, the teams that have been best inside the three-point line have been some of the best teams in the country and the best teams in the country offensively. And the two examples of that are Gonzaga and Arizona. Last year, Gonzaga made more two-point buckets by far than any other team in college basketball. Really? So, so, so we did this pendulum swing thing 
uh, by, and, and, and I get it too, you know, the, the, the numbers are there. If you shoot 33% from three-point range, it's the same as shooting 50%, you know, from inside the arc. But the model at Gonzaga and the model at Arizona, borrowed from the model at Gonzaga, of course, is that there's also nothing wrong with getting good looks from inside right. three-point range. So, so while a lot of teams have, and this is, this is I think it's a, it's a good thing, in the height of, let's use an NBA example, in the height of uh, when the Spurs were always in the mix, what they were also quietly very good at doing was the zig to the zag. They swerved opposite of what every other uh, of what the movement was. That you'd have a bunch of teams copying what San Antonio did, and then San Antonio would do something different. Right, and then they would just come back like with something different. So, something right. different that was more difficult to defend. It feels to me like Gonzaga and Arizona utilized a similar approach to that. I don't when understand. when everybody pendulums toward the three pointer, uh, other t- the these teams that are very good offensively decide, well, all right, if they're going to spread the floor and defend the three, we'll just score inside. And I've never understood why teams don't take advantage of that. Like, we have, I have all the respect in the wor- world for what the, uh, let's use the Golden State Warriors, sure. for an example. They obviously know what they're doing. They've, uh, they're more successful than I am. Um, but if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, and I have, like, Joel Embiid, and you're trying to put, like, Draymond Green on him, I don't care what your analytical theory is. Every time down the court, I have the best big man in the league being guarded by a six foot seven player. I'm going to him mm-hmm. every single time down the court. And teams just don't do that. It's like, well, the it'll catch up with you if you do that. So if I make eighty percent of my shot, my twos, you mean to tell me that it's going to catch up with me? No, it won't. I, that's where I think, and I think you make a great point too about how everything's a copycat league. Like you yes. can't, nothing can just be. This is the frustrating thing about sports in general. And I, I know you need to go. Let, let's pick this on the other side. Yeah, for sure. Want. But okay. let me also tell you about uh, Get Up or uh, excuse me, no, Built Bar. Duh. All right, <laughs> let me give you an example about Bruno right now. Bruno is chomping down. Bruno likes eating when John Schuster's comes over. This is a, uh, I don't know why, but mm-hmm. he just does. Yeah. Okay. Bruno got very good. Uh, uh, well, I think it's because uh, yeah, Bruno did, did get new good news. Probably because Bruno knows that uh, I I have a history of eating dog food. He does on this very podcast. And he's looking, and Bruno he's like none he's, of that. He's like, dude, this is my. He's this. saying this is nature's recipe, grain free, small breed, right, right here. You don't get any. This of This is my food, <laughs> That's not right. your food. You That's don't correct. get any of this. Uh-huh. All right, so Bruno though, very good. The the doctor mentioned though what a specimen Bruno is for his age, and said you know and. I immediately thought, if Bruno was a human, the first question that would have been asked is, how much Built Bar does this dog consume mm-hmm. on a daily basis? It's not does or doesn't he, it's right. how much. It's how much, uh-huh. and that's the question. And I think that's where that's when you know that you really have entered the realm of elite physicality. When you're when people are asking you how much Built Bar to consume, you cut through the niceties and you get right to the core of the issue that everybody wants to know. Built Bar. Take advantage of it. We'll be right back. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. All right, Bruno. Uh, Bruno looking like he's like, should I eat the food or should I eat John Schuster's face? <laughs> yes. hmm. There was a multiple. Uh, there, you uh, could tell there was a little yeah. There bit was of some decision making right there. There. Really yes, yes. there. really was. All right, Schuster. You wanted to pick up on something. Pick up on it. Uh, one of the frustrating things that I think in sports in general uh, that is 
is is the relative lack of innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are movements in different direction, but but your aspect in regards to the copycat approach is what is you have you have coaches and management personnel who are making six and seven figures right. and are responsible at the professional level for massive payrolls. Mm-hmm. At the college level, mm-hmm. well, you know, depending We're on what school it is, they may be responsible for, for massive hundreds payrolls of as well. millions of dollars, yes. depending. Uh, so so there's there's a lot going on. And all they do is the same bleeping thing that everybody else does. Right, exactly. Because somebody told them that this is this is the new thing that's supposed to happen it's instead of yeah it is it, it is a frustrating groupthink and I'm and I'm pleased to see that it appears that Arizona has a coach who doesn't groupthink mm-hmm. who believes in an approach that has clearly worked but isn't necessarily an approach that everybody one else thing, is doing one thing we got to give Sean Miller Talk about a guy that did not subscribe to groupthink. I will do one thing, mm-hmm. one thing only. I do not care what John Wooden would tell me. I do not care what anybody else tells me. I will do one thing, and I uh, will continue to do it. Uh, t- no, Tommy Lloyd, though, the Tommy gun, though, is a, uh, he's different. By the way, I just like watching, I like watching him. Right. He's, a, he's a fascinating guy to watch out there. And you can tell that he and Mark Fee were very, very much cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, there, there, there's a very interesting... He's like a, he, there's he a looks calming like a little, component about, very much uh, so. about the two of them. And, and I think both of them believe the thing that stands out, and, and I don't know if this was Lloyd learning from Few, Few learning from Lloyd... Somebody else uh, in the midst of the equation that maybe uh, y- you know gave them some uh, modicum of you know ideas on how to uh, approach certain situations, but their trust in twenty-year-olds making good decisions mm-hmm. if they've been guided in an appropriate way is is not something that you see in Where did we in an industry that is usually run by very understandably intense people who are uncomfortable yielding that kind of where trust did we lose, where did to we their lo- players. Let me ask you this. Where did we lose that trust? And I'll, I'll use another example here. Lou Olson, kind of the ultimate guy in giving mm-hmm. trust to his players. Yeah. Sean Miller, the absolute opposite of that. Where did we get this? Wh- when did it become cool for a coach to micromanage every single possession? Because that wasn't always the case. See, I think it was. I, I, I you think, think Lou was just an no, anomaly? No, no, no. no I, I, I don't think that. I, But I don't think Lou was necessarily the norm either. I gave you... Uh, um, I remember this quote. It's one of those weird things that you <laughs> you remember in your head for no reason whatsoever. Right, right, right. You know, but there was uh, many years ago. Somebody... I'll tell you what. Let's use that as a tease because here's the thing. We've got to be. I got got on. People got on me a little bit for not adhering to the clock mm. very precisely. So mm. here's what we're gonna do. We're about precision accuracy on here. Let me tell you about Bet Online dot or Bet Online Sportsbook. That's where you're going to want to go. If they have an app, they have odds for anything. If you wanted to bet on how many times John Schuster's face is going to be tried to rip out by Bruno, I'm not saying the bet online would have it, but if there was a place it would, it would be bet online. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats. Go. Okay, uh, George Radling. 
former coach at USC, former coach at Washington State, uh, was once asked um, something related to the stress level of, do you enjoy college coaching? Is it a stressful job and something like that? And he said something to the effect of, you're dealing with 18 to 20 year olds who are responsible for your livelihood and your future. So I think, you know, and, 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 and he's right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the point of that is that 18 it's to 20 exactly year olds. It's not sterling response. It, it's not, right. um, but, but, but it's true. But it's accurate. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's certainly a logic to that. Go back to when you were 18 to 20 years old. Mm-hmm. How much of a dumbass were you at times? Right. You were kind of a dumbass. Speak for yourself. You know, right? of, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Right. That's, that, that's a fair assessment. Uh, that, that's why you're running the show at Locked On. Because of you know the foundation, no, the foundation of, that was formed in my eighteen to twenty in that window. Age, that yeah. is correct. Uh, so, so it's easy to understand why, when you're making very nice money, uh, that you would like to continue to make very nice money. So, so there's so a gonna... reason to feel like you need to manage every little thing because you trust yourself more than you trust them. That 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 is clearly an attitude in play in coaching across the board and and always has been Uh, but there are other coaches out there who believe that in practice we're good enough at getting across what it is we want to get across and as a result of that once you get into a game time situation I already expect you to know what you're doing Uh, Olsen was I'm not going to say famous for saying, but known for often saying, my coaching's done by the time we get to the game. I always, I've told you the story about the Khalid story. I've told you this story, have I not? Might as well tell it again. Well, you know what? That might be a tease for the next show. Oh, man, there's so many teases this for the is next good. show. All right, this is very good. Come back with us tomorrow.